hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark... Hershon. Mark Hershon. Yes, I am Mark Hershon, and uh, with me is your co-host and mine, Tyson Saner. Hello, Tyson. Hello, Mark. How have you been? I'm doing great. I want to welcome everybody to our 300th episode of Suckatash. Holy can you, cow. Can you believe it? It's, uh, you know, it's quite a big number. Um, a 300. Wow. I mean, uh, there was like a bunch of Spartans that got a bunch of uh, really heavy work done uh, against a lot larger number. But, you know, <laughs> I was thinking of photoshopping our heads onto those magnificent bodies from the uh, 300 poster, maybe to go along with this episode. So, uh, We'll see if that actually comes about. That would that would make us look super cool. Yes, it would. You could also theoretically uh, maybe Photoshop a great set of abs to replace each of our faces, which would make <laughs> us look less cool. But it might be a funny joke. Yeah, sure. That's true. That's Ab true. faces. I don't and know. Not, not only is it our 300th episode, but this also marks the 11th year that Succotash has been in existence, which is also amazing. That is quite, uh, I'd say it's quite a milestone, but podcasts haven't existed long enough for me to know if, uh, <laughs> but as far as media goes, certainly, I mean, what, what's lasted 11 years? MASH, you know? Yes, MASH. The Simpsons has lasted a lot longer than that. Certainly, so did Gunsmoke, but. It's know. true, but but we're neither of those, but we've no, still no. managed to stick it out for 11 years. Um, I often get comments from people that I'm interviewing. You must've been one of the first, which isn't true. We weren't one of the first. I mean, hmm. we were sort of the first of the second wave is how I kind of put it. Cause there was a bunch that started up in like 2004 and five and six, when the internet was just sort of coming, coming together to create something new people like hmm. Ricky Gervais and, uh, who else was in that early wave? Uh, Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla. Jimmy Pardo. Um, Jimmy Pardo. That's who I was trying to remember. Yeah, in the podcast. And a handful of others, really. I mean, there wasn't that many. And mm. uh, the sort of excitement began to sort of peter out around 2009 or 10. I think at the time, uh, when, was, when was this figure I said? I think it was like in 2012 or so. There was only like 15% of America had even heard of a podcast, let alone downloaded one. And hmm. listen to it. Maybe and that's interesting. <laughs> it really is. I mean, and you know, a decade later, it's like, is there anyone who hasn't heard of a podcast? Now, there's probably people that haven't listened to them at mm -hmm. this point. My mother only recently joined the uh, joined the troop of uh, people listening. In fact, she's probably listening to this episode right now. Hi, mom. Between news and true crime, and people alumni rather of UCB that's pretty much <laughs> what's catapulted podcasting forward in the last 10 years yeah. or so it's yeah like, uh, th that was kind of and then just people that heard those and you know the legions of people that got together with friends and had like a basement show with three dudes kind of like just 
riffing and talking about stuff and mm -hmm. and then uh you know every so often there'd be a new wave of things like uh, when serial came along and kind of like what oh people went what how how could i listen to that that sounds cool and that started in a bunch of people and then mark Marin had obama on his show and people said wait a minute obama's doing an interview on a thing how do i get that thing obama in mark Marin's garage Yes, exactly. And I think people were just bemused and amused and amazed that the president, a sitting president, mm -hmm. would helicopter <laughs> helicopter in to Eagle Rock, Southern California in Los Angeles, a suburb of L.A., mm -hmm. uh, street apparently festooned with Secret Service men. Wow. And uh, just kind of sit down in his, at the time, junky garage. That's before he moved. He's living in better digs now, but just amazing. And people just were amazed by that sort of thing. And again, it sort of like bumped up this wave of people who went, what is going on here? Mm -hmm. And and then I think uh, most recently, it's the pandemic. All of a sudden, all these celebrities had nothing better to do. And mm -hmm. we saw just this swirl of celebrities entering the podcast realm. It seems like there was a, a quite a, a couple of personalities that I pay uh, attention to who were uh, YouTubers who started doing a podcast from home. I, I think that's happened more than more than once. Um, yes, I, I hear what you're saying. <laughs> I'm yeah, thinking about yeah. it. I'm like trying to think of examples, but no, absolutely. Well, well yeah. like the guys from Smartless, you know, three guys that, oh. you know, that mm -hmm. have way much better things to do, you would think, you know, Jason Bateman and mm -hmm. Will Arnett and Sean Hayes and their three buddies. And they said, we're not doing anything. Everything's shut down. Let's, let's just mm -hmm. do this as a goof. And they did. And I don't think they expected to be doing it for very long. And then all of a sudden they got some outrageous figure from Spotify to keep doing their show. I mean, by outrageous figure, I'm talking like the estimate was like 60 to $80 million. Holy cow. And they, they just went on a tour of like seven cities and these guys are all working they're, you know, they're, now that the sure. pandemic has begun to ebb, they're back on television and they're, and Jason Bateman's doing Ozark and Will Arnett has a show on Netflix and Sean Hayes has a couple different things. He's, he's doing a stage performance in a play in Chicago. Hmm. And yet they go, well, we're still going to do this. And the interesting thing, and we're, we're both sitting here on zoom in our respective homes. Mm -hmm. And uh, apparently there was a play to get them. It'd be better to have you guys in a studio talking face to face. And they said, no, if you want us, you got to take us like this. So they're able to be wherever they are in the United States and still do their show. And Dana Carvey and David Spade are doing the same thing with their fly on the wall podcast they're doing now. So am I understanding this, that when they're on tour, there's somebody just set up a monitor basically. And, and, and no, they actually, the they actually physically went on tour. So they do actually in that case. Yeah. That was a okay. special thing where they went on tour to a few cities, but um, okay. typically it's just week after week. They just sit in their homes where they, wherever they happen to be. Sometimes Will Arnett's on the East coast. Sometimes he's on the West coast. Sean Hayes is in Chicago right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, sort of based on that, Carvey and Spade said the same thing when, um, you know, came time to make their deal uh, to interview people that had something to do with SNL, whether they be hosts or guests or musical guests or whatever, mm -hmm. uh, or cast members or writers. And they said, no, we're not going to come in the studio either. We're just going to do this from home. I really do need to listen to more Fly on the Wall because uh, SNL stuff, especially from that particular era, is like 
for me is like, uh, you know, anything from pretty much the beginning up to the mid nineties, that's my cutoff of uh, sphere of awareness. Um, but like really heavily in the uh, Carvey years, because that's when I was a teenager. So. Yeah. Yeah. And they, I mean, they have guests from across the gamut, you know, they had Lorraine Newman on who was in the first oh, wow. cast. Uh, and then they've had people that have been on recently and they've had people, but the funny thing is when you listen to it, like, um, uh, I was basing on a name. I'll have to cut this in Tim Meadows. Uh, mm -hmm. when you, when you think about Tim, Tim Meadows, he was on during both of the times that, uh, Carvey and Spade were both on. So he knows them both yes. very well. And the conversation gets way different than when they have somebody on that was not sort of part of one or both of their eras. Uh, because their their friendship has kind of survived all this time and they talk you know fairly often so it becomes a lot more sort of not inside baseball but sort of inside jokes where they suddenly realize oh we better explain what we're talking about to the to the audience because we've gone right. down the rabbit hole i have a very specific memory of uh david spade on saturday night live of course many of dana carvey but one specific one where uh dana David Spade was doing a segment for Weekend Update, and it was, uh, I think it was What's In and Out, mm -hmm. In and Out in, in the News or in Hollywood or something like that. In Hollywood, yeah. Days. What's In and Out in Hollywood. And one of his uh, lines was, uh, in people who recognize me, even though I've only been on the show, I think he said twice, or, or out people who think I'm Dana Carvey. Because <laughs> I guess there is a resemblance, but... But I, w I would like to say, and yeah, there is, but when I first saw David Spade on there, it was during the Susan Lucci episode, uh, there was a dream sequence where she was imagining everybody getting, um, what's a daytime Emmys? Yes. Because she had been nominated so many times, but never That's won right. up to that point. And so like, everybody <laughs> has an Emmy backstage and David Spade is is eating a cob of corn with an Emmy poked on either side, <laughs> like a fork. And when I saw him, I thought he was Christopher Barnes. Oh, that's funny. Because I knew who Christopher Barnes was, and they had very similar yeah. features. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things that Spade talks about on that show a lot is he didn't think he was maybe ever going to get on. He said he was there for for several months and had been on one thing and was beginning to panic that if he didn't write a sketch that was going to have him in it, or because nobody else was putting him in their sketches. Um, but to get back to the show at hand, that's mm -hmm. of course mm -hmm. Suckatash. This show, and I've often said this, uh, usually when interviewing people, but you know, this show was originally started, and we've talked about this before because podcasts were a bit on the decline uh, mm. in in 2011. I had a lot of friends that were doing them, and I said I want to do a comedy podcast, and I just I racked my brain for like six or eight months, try and figure out what interview show, a sketch show, an improv thing. Mm -hmm. And then I realized as I saw that the numbers were not doing well, and I had all these friends having shows, I said, well, why don't I do a show that highlights their shows? It struck me vaguely like some kind of like, I don't know, like an entertainment tonight kind of show or something. There was some sort of thing in my head that it was like, a, there was a model for it in other media. And I just said, well, I'll just start doing this. And so started cutting up some shows and playing them and crediting the shows and saying where you can find them and putting links on my page and things like that. The first couple of them, I, I usually used shows from friends of mine. I emailed them and I said, Hey, I'm going to do this clip show. Do you mind if I use a clip? And uh, then by about show three or four, I said, well, I'm, I'm giving them free publicity. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't mind this? It's an excellent point. Um, yeah. Cause they're making the content for free. Yes. And we're, and we're putting it out there 
for free. Yeah. So there's no, you know, nobody's making I, anything off of it. At least we're not, we have no sponsors, no real sponsors. <laughs> so, no, no. so I suppose if we did, then somebody could go well, wait a minute, you're making money off our show, blah, blah, blah. So maybe it's a good thing we currently don't have or have ever had anybody except Henderson's pants. Um, but uh, I remember it was uh, uh, Doug Benson mm -hmm. uh, is the one who uh, wanted to know whether his producer had authorized me playing a clip from Doug Loves Movies. Hmm. And I said, no, we're just plugging it like everything else. And he, he went into this harangue uh -huh. that, his, that his show was long form comedy and it doesn't work if you cut it up, which it's kind of... Doug Loves Movies was like a game show. It wasn't like a narrative. Yeah, yeah it was an interesting, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. It was, it was pretty loose. It was like panel yeah. with, with, a, with a game. Yes. And which, you know, made it kind of take a long time. And I, yeah, I, I can kind of understand how it might be difficult to uh, single out, you know, three to five minutes of that. I, I remember I took a stab at it and it was because uh, <laughs> I, we actually played the clip on, I think it was our first clip episode, which, oh, okay, yeah. which, which I, I mean, our first clip, episode, our first, when I first co-hosted. Yes. Which is a clip that actually uh, uh, later, but uh, it was when uh, it was. Bert Kreischer uh, was on the oh, yeah. show and, and he has this great laugh and he, there was a, just a clip of him making himself laugh and then he couldn't stop laughing. And it was like almost three to five minutes of laughter. Oh, yeah. And I just thought, well, this is a, a, you know, I like the sound of laughter so much. And he has such a, you know, and he's so tickled that I figured people are just going to laugh hearing laughter, you yes. know? Yeah. So, no, was, yeah. so if it makes you laugh, then it's not, it's, it's not comedy, but it still makes you laugh. You know I mean? It's, but I remember I was just when he when I he gave me that that note and he mm -hmm. said, would you take the clip out of your show? I it kind of made me like a little pissed off. It was like, I'm giving you free publicity, man. But OK, so mm -hmm. I went back in, I recut the show. I took out the clip and any mention of his show and didn't play any Doug Benson clips for, I think, two years until I went to the L.A. podcast festival and somebody introduced me to him. And uh, he said, oh, you're, you're that guy with that show, that clip show. I said, yeah. He says, why don't you ever play my stuff? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him the story and he said, oh, well, oh, fuck that. He said, you can do whatever you want to do. <laughs> so huh. sometimes it's just context, I suppose. Wanted to point out it was an episode of, uh, of, uh, getting Doug with High, a live show where mm. Pete Pete Holmes learned of Obama being on Mark Maron's podcast. Oh, As, so he says something about it. It's like, yeah, he's going to, this is Doug. It's a bad impression of Doug, but it's like, you, you, you know, he's standing there. What the fuck, fuckers? I'm here with President Obama. You know, <laughs> which is kind of the short version of that. And then Pete Holmes, it like dawns on him and he goes, Mark Maron had Obama on his podcast? And then Doug's like, yeah. And he goes, well, he wins. <laughs> exactly but this exactly. was like seven years ago now or something five or seven years ago. it was a while oh, yeah well he was still in office it, he was a sitting president but he wins he wins but you know what we win too we all win uh, you know they say a, a rising tide raises all boats or yeah. something like that something like um, that yeah yeah uh so we all podcasts are raised as a result. well let's get into some clips why don't we I'll kick us off with uh, an opening clip, which I think is interesting just because it was literally sort of before we actually started this show, because this was taken from my Duckatash test show 
number two. And it's literally just the sort of my introduction. Uh, the music is different. We didn't have Scott Carvey hadn't yet put together the, uh, the theme music for the show. Oh, okay. I was wondering. And so I got some sort of public domain jazzy riffy thing off the web they just use as a placeholder and uh, i just sort of stumbled through the intro to the show so it's only it's like three minutes or something like that, but, uh, this is basically how pre-launch suck attack all right we are off to the races this is uh, this is fun well we'll be i hope uh this is mark hershon and you're listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast. It is uh, test show number two. We're not actually live. This is not actually something you can get from iTunes as yet, mostly because I haven't figured out how to get it up there. But you will be able to hear this uh, by getting a link through SuckatashShow.com, which is live. The Facebook page, Suckatash Show, is also live. And we have been tweeting as Suckatash on Twitter, at Suckatash Show at Twitter. Um, so we're, we're around. We're around. I'm around, anyway. Uh, soon to be we, I think. I've uh, been talking to several comedians about possibly co-hosting some of these events. Well, they're not really events. It's just a, just a podcast. Um, what we do on Suckatash is play clips from uh, podcasts, comedy podcasts that are out there in the interwebs. Some of them are current, some of them are coming up this week. Some of them are, at least in this test show, are from a week or so ago, just because they're still pretty funny clips, and um, I'm still putting this thing together. So I just wanted something that I knew would be more entertaining than me. Um, one of the comments I got was uh, that I sort of downplayed my own credits in the first test show, and some people that are tuning in might want to know a little bit more about your host. I, I will reveal more as time goes on. I don't want to just sort of talk about me, but uh, I do know a lot of the comedians who I will be playing podcasts from or of. Uh, I've been in and around the stand-up comedy scene since 1978. Is that right? Good Lord. Um, yeah, I used to do a book comedy in San Francisco. Uh, working for the Punchline and Rooster Teeth Feathers a long time ago down in Sunnyvale and ran a comedy club in Seattle, the Comedy Underground, which is uh, still alive and kicking. I was up there in the mid, the early and mid-80s, so I think anyone who was up there at that time was probably dead by now. Um, and I've, uh, I've been in the uh, improvisational comedy side of things for quite some time, starting with theater sports in Seattle and have had uh, improv groups in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Santa Fe, New Mexico, San Carlos, California, and I'm currently teaching improv um, in San Francisco through the San Francisco Comedy College. So uh, keeping my hand in and still uh, very friendly and good friends with a number, as I said, of the comedians who host today's modern comedy podcast. Also, some of them are quite new to me. So if you want to hear the rest of intro show number two, it's uh, up at our SuckatashShow.com website. You've got to go to the archives all the way to 2011, then scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. And you can actually also hear Suckatash test show number one. Oh, yes. Which, which is on there. Although 
as I mentioned in the uh, the blog piece for the, for the show, I basically reused most of the clips I had in test show number one for test show number two, because they were test shows. Yeah. They were, they were test shows. Absolutely. Uh, that was before there was a Tyson Saner in my life. Uh, that was before there was really, uh, there was no Henderson's pants at that point. Oh, no. oh wow. No, it I guess was, it wouldn't have been. It was, it was the primordial succotash, as it were. I do remember listening to um, both those episodes uh, after they had been in the archive, because I think I started listening to Succotash heavily after it's around its first year okay. had, had gone by. So I, I marathoned the episodes. I actually went over this in, in, a, in a later at one point in time, but that's okay. A lot of people will be hearing this for the first time. So, Definitely. but I, I did, uh, I did catch up on the episodes and that's uh, one of the reasons why I ended up sending in episodes. When I was going back through the archive to, to, um, pick clips i thought about when i first listened to it and uh trying to find something that was kind of exemplary of the early stages of, of succotash and uh, stuff that i liked and i found a clip that had phil Ernest of chill back hollywood hour and remember both those two were heavily uh there's a lot of back and forth yeah. between the two shows in those days and uh it was a boozing with bill segment so it's a great twofer because it has uh, the great bill haywatt and also phil Ernest meeting bill haywatt for the first time oh. I love that. I love that memory because I remember being in the studio with Phil when that happened. And it was uh, it was a special moment to listen to for me personally. I uh, just kind of uh, uh, hmm, I can't I can't really allude to anything specifically, uh, but you know what I'm saying. There's like a for those who know, uh, hearing hearing the the two of them be introduced is a different experience than those who do not know what I'm yeah. referring to. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. let's... Let's give, let's, let's give it a listen, shall we? Mm -hmm. uh, I oh, here comes it's I, uh, Bill Haywatt. Oh, oh sorry. Oh I, dear. I should have warned. Should, well, should have warned. Should have warned you. Uh, you know the Sherman's really kind of rare on you. The older you get, it. <laughs> Bill Haywatt. Hey, I've heard this, so much about you. It's a pleasure to meet you. It's very good to meet you, Dave. Thank I'm, you for coming. I'm glad you remember no, that we had a guest. His we're going to get fucked up now. We're going to have a little his fun. His name is Phil. Yeah, Phil. <laughs> Phil. 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 I'm sorry. Phil. That's Phil. all right. It's, uh, Phil Hot. Phil. Phil Ernest. Phil Arnest. <laughs> yes, exactly. I worked with your father, D uh, Jim. Uh, Jim. Jim Arnest. Arnest. Yes. Yeah. Back absolutely. In, uh, we were working at uh, uh, we were East McKeesport. Uh, I was the assistant booth announcer back then. <laughs> Feel free to just call me Mr. George Takei. Mr. However. George, how are you? Listen, I, I've got a, I've got a great beverage. Come over. Well, let's make our way to the, to, the to the wet bar. Come over to the wet bar here. Come over to the. To the home of the hit, I'll tell you, this is the home of the uh, hit. We're gonna, we're gonna live it up now. I, I promise, uh, Phil. Now, yes. I promise that you would be making up for the, the oh, barbecue listen, punch. Oh, listen, I'm so sorry. I had something in mind with the barbecue punch, and it, it was it was a Fourth of July beverage, and I, I was going to go for the savory rather than the sweet. And yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, yeah. I, it, was, it was more I, the nauseating. Oh God, that's sweet. I'm yes. so sorry, but that's all right. this one is much better, and, and we're gonna just get right to it here. We're gonna start out first of all. We're gonna do. Uh, so I've got a little pitcher here. I've got okay. uh, some vodka. We're going right. to start off with two shots of vodka. Possibly do to vodka. This is a drink that I got when I was assistant booth announcer in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. I was working with a blind engineer, and his name his his name was was Hillel Markowitz, but we just called him by his professional name, which was Stephen Williams, and and he. 
showed me this thing. It was like we, we wanted to keep warm. It was very, very cold. And, and since we were working all night in close quarters, we wanted to inundate ourselves against any germs that we have. So this is a very healthy drink. And what we always say with boozing it, though, if it's good to you, it's good, it's good for, for you. Yeah. And this is going to be good, good to you and yeah, good for good you. Advice. Now, one of my favorite drinks here, we're going to put a little bit of this in here. We're going to put a little absinthe. Okay. Okay. It, so it, we've got... It makes the heart grow fun. Hell yes. So we've got one... We've got one, two parts of, of vodka, vodka yeah. and then we've got to get the you one part, one okay. part of the absinthe here. Yes. All right. There we go. All right. And uh, then we've got a couple secret ingredients oh, okay. that we're going to put in here, and one of them is, please excuse so me. So far it looks like mouthwash. It's good, yes. And one of them is, one of the ingredients is Red Bull. Okay. And since we are making a, 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 a we are making it healthy here, this is sugar-free Red Bull. This is perfect. Yes. This is working out Sugar-free well. Red Bull. So it's um, two parts vodka. One part absinthe, making the heart grow fonder. I have to remember this. To and then the we go on the website. Three parts. Three parts of the sugar bowl. Free. Sugar free. Sugar free. Not just in a Red Bull. I, I mean, most people I hang out with say I don't like to have so many things that end with I N E, but it's got uh, it's got a lot of good ends. Taurine, taurine, benzene. Don't put that on the website. <laughs> so then we've got this, and now the real secret ingredient that you want to remain healthy with, we're gonna put the secret ingredient here. This is emergency. Ah, okay. We're gonna put a little packet of emergency. Right. That's why we call this wow. Hillel, actually, well, Steve. Steve. Steve called this the Red Sea. Because you know you've got Red Bull and it's not really red. So that's it's the name kind of, the drink, of is the piss red yellow. Sea. This is called the Red Sea. Okay. And we'll pour that right in there. And then we're gonna excuse me. Oh, I got a little more in here. And we gotta it's good, you gotta drink it cold. It's best when it's served cold. So we're gonna put a few so well, like, I I like revenge. Oh so, yes, that's right. So, so this, we're gonna shake it up this here. Knocks you out, keeps you awake, and keeps you healthy. And keeps you healthy. Wow. It keeps you awake, it puts you to sleep, and it keeps you from sneezing in you over the microphone windscreen, which you want to avoid at all costs. So we put a little put some ice in here, gonna make it nice and cold. Okay. And then put it back in the little know what's in store for you. Oh, you're gonna live it. We're gonna it party down, boys. Live See now it is indeed red. You can see it's indeed yes, red. It's Gonna get the pattern history you have. Yeah, well, I've been off and on that wagon so much. I've changed the tires on it so many times. <laughs> so, well, we're gonna pour in here. Look at that! Oh my ice. goodness! Nice. Yes, oh, strain that out. Now yeah. I got now, enough. Phil, you, you told me beforehand that you don't mind drinking during a podcast. So. Uh, I hope, yeah, uh, I hope we I don't mind drinking this. Stands fast now. I don't mind drinking before a podcast, during, or after. Well, it's then we've really got a little bit more than we expected here, oh, so excellent. we're all okay. going to enjoy it. So the Red Bull from my good old friend in Moose Jaw, uh, uh, Hillel Markowitz. The Red Sea. The Red Sea. The Red Sea. I got the... Uh, the the, oh, the lime the wedge. Fucking oh, the lime wedge. Oh, Absolutely. Because we need the, the real citrus. That's right. Here we go. A little bit scurvy. Of, there we go. A little bit of that. A little lime. A little squiz. The fog has really rolled in here in the hills in Sausalito. That's right. the home of the head. The home and, of the head. And it's actually clear All right, outside, there you drink this. Drink this. There we go. It's now your, then, truly, truly to your house. The Red Bull. Okay, there we go. Well? Hmm? Actually... That is not bad. It's not bad, is it? But it's it's really like 
It's about the health benefits. It's like it's the health a, benefits. It tastes kind of like a cough drop. It, it well, is, but it it, is. but but the kind that'll get you fucked up though, son. It's a yes. good cough drop. Right. It's yeah. Phil, you're, from you're, the health. It's as, the, as the newcomer here to you're the first live visitor. Yes, yeah, so well, that we've had. Most so. of the dead visitors that we've had over time. <laughs> what, uh, so, what do you think? He, oh, he's not smiling. I, I take this very seriously. No, I take oh, my responsibilities oh, well. as a well, drink taster. Re drink responsibly, very. of course. Yes, taste responsibly. I mean, it's got to be a little medicinal. Yes, right. Because it, it is. is the Red Bull. But it's, I mean, look at this. It's got a thousand milligrams of vitamin C in it, and it's a dietary supplement, so it's got to be so good. I, for and of course, the absinthe also has, you know, always a very unique signature. Yes, well, to the it. wormwood aspect of it. You're going uh, to be seeing mm. people crawling around here shortly. And, so, thumbs up, thumbs down. You you loving it? You hating it? This is the first time I've actually drained my glass on boozing with Bill. Absolutely, so. it's a winner, ladies and gentlemen. Here's the yeah, difference between the right. cough drop so element that you were describing and this. A little bit more here. Is, is it when it? A little bit more. Eh? I, think, I think it's. I think it suddenly becomes oh, cross talking right. with boozing with, 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 with with Bill. Okay. Yeah. 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 Don't talk about that boiler. Yeah. <laughs> you were gonna say, <laughs> no, Excuse I. Me, it, it leads with yes. the medicinal taste. Mm. It doesn't have an aftertaste. No. It leads yes. with the medicinal mm. taste. Yes. The after is smooth. It's a clean, a clean finish. Nice. finish. I like that. I haven't had a clean finish in a long time. <laughs> that's, so I keep, that's why I keep moving around to so many different... That's the name of your memoir. The longest, <laughs> longest job I've had in my career has been with... with the, uh, uh, suck, 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 I read yeah. that on your shirt. Suck, <laughs> So anyway, that's that's it. It's the Red Sea. You heard it about it here from me, from the your old friend will be up on the Bill Haywatt. Hell and, uh, yes, proudly and so. Proud, 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 absolutely yeah. happy. Well, I'm going to go back in now. Cheers. Uh, to, to your health yes. and happiness always. Toujours la femme. Oh, excellent. Bill Haywatt. Bill Haywatt leaving the red light on. The Red Sea. Boozing with Bill. Yeah, so that was it. Was just to see the look on Phil's face. We're we're in Studio P, mm -hmm. uh, which is I mean it is a pro studio. It is a glass booth that Joe Polino sits in, mm -hmm. and the outs. He will not permit me to take pictures of the studio on the inside. He had a guy from Las Vegas, a professional audio technician, come in and set up all the sound baffles and everything. And he, 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 to him, it's a trade secret how that studio is put together. So he, he would not let me ever do photos in there to promote the show. <clears throat> so Phil, Phil had come up from LA and we were sitting on the other side of the glass and it came time for Bill Haywatt to make his entrance and the look of surprise and delight. I mean, genuine delight mm -hmm. on, on Phil's face when uh, he, he saw uh, Bill enter uh -huh. The studio was uh, just a marvel to behold. He sounds uh, a bit astounded, <laughs> but he, but you know, he was. He, I'd say he rolled with it quite well. He did. He did, which was very nice. I'm glad you brought that that clip up. Uh, you alluded to the fact that you uh, you didn't allude to. You said you'd uh, started listening about a year in. You went back. You listened to old episodes and stuff. It was but, about a year. But a year after that. Uh, just about, well, let's see, that would be nine years ago. Next week, I received Tyson Sainer's first clip submissions to this show. Uh, that was for episode 57. Mm, wow. 
And your first two clip submissions were from uh, the Smod Coast Morning Show mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the breaks with James Franco Jr. Yes, no relation to. And so uh, I, I have actually the Smod Coast Morning Show clip here, but I roll into it with my acknowledgement of how cool it was that one of our listeners had actually gone to the trouble of clipping some shows and sending them in because nobody at that point, other than actual soundcasters had sent in any clips. I mean, it was an open invitation. If there's a show you like, send me a clip or tell me about it and I'll get a clip, but you were the first one to take the initiative and send it in. And uh, so I was, I was totally tickled that uh, there was somebody out there listening who wanted to take that step and submit. So here's, here's what that sounded like. Here's a first for Sakatash. A regular listener has not just suggested a podcast he likes to listen to that we should cover. But Tyson Saner has gone to the extra effort of clipping two of the podcasts he enjoys and sending those clips in. I love that. The first one is the Smodco Smorning Show. Also on this clip is James Franco Jr., Bill Watterson, some voice acting guy, not the cartoonist who drew Calvin and Hobbes, but this is part of their mail sack feature. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. Yeah, that was great. All right, <laughs> that was great. First, so uh, great. first email is from the first time Why emailer, long time listener since the nooner days. It's uh, Jonathan Abbott, who's just... Hey, Johnny A. He says that... Uh, Johnny A. While he listens to the podcast... <laughs> like the hesitation. <laughs> hey, Johnny A. Johnny Abbott. Johnny Abbott. Johnny Abbott. Johnny, uh, Johnny, Johnny Two Shoes. <laughs> the bot. One Nose McGunch. <laughs> he says... Cunty McShitball. That's a Western name. Yeah, me, my One Nose. <laughs> just so you can always tell who I am. One Nose McGunch. What's up, nigga? <laughs> He's not Chinese. What did you say, nigga? <laughs> he says, I didn't say uh, nigga. I said nigga. Oh. While listening to the podcast, I thought I'd let you know that I buy simulators and trainers for the U.S. Navy. Ooh. What kind of simulators? Hey, hey now. And Long, lonely uh, nights on them ships. Shout out to The Breaks and DJ James. Keep up the great hey, work. Thank you. Jonathan, Veronica Mars, Kickstarter backer. Thank you for doing that. Great. Hey. Thank you. Yes. Nice. And we're going to make the movie for you and everybody else. He's participating in the process. And uh, Stephen Owens, who works at Wells Fargo, he says that he also... Oh, oh the Wells Fargo drain, it is up and coming down the track. Sorry, oh, please the, let wait, it be the Wells for Fargo me. What? Wagon. Comes down the track? Uh, the Wells Fargo wagon, it's a coming down the track way. Train. The Wells Fargo train is coming Okay, it's the Wells Fargo wagon, it's a coming down the way. Oh, please let it be for me. Fun special. <laughs> yeah, I got a crappy sewing machine from Sears. Cross cut saw. <laughs> JC Pennies. <laughs> and a batch of underwear from. Nope, that's not one of the lyrics. Cars. <laughs> Anyhow, he listens while washing windows because he has a side business where he does um, window washing 90% residential, 10% commercial. All right. That's a good, the old 90-10. Uh, yeah, the old 90-10 yeah. in the window biz. That's, yeah. that's what my dad taught me. I remember me. the days of 70-30. Oh, those Pre were the oh, I got reamed. Pre-depression. Huh? That 30 reamed me. 
You could, you could get one of those in uh, Times Square <laughs> in early Thanks for telling 90s. us the percentage of yeah. your commercial to residential. Well, here's residential the, the commercial. Yeah, the I was, you know, the first thing out of my mind was, what's, what's, what's the, the ratio? Where, where are we That's at? That's right. Because until you give me that context, I don't, I don't know how to interpret his career. Uh, Mike Dessert, he said that he... Wait, that's the whole mail? <laughs> he yes. just no, to uh, and I am 90, and he said, 90 hey, 10. Thanks, Great. because I ask people what they do. Oh, when oh okay, okay. So okay, please, okay. keep I, I, sending it. Don't let Kruger's shitting on it. Like, no, I thought there was more. There was like a question. Email you know, so he can mock you in your livelihood. Oh, Everett on. McGill. Great. Darren came up with the the, nice. the, yep. yes. the, the, the silver bullet guy. Exactly right. right. Nicely done. He is in the library, so just so you know. So he right. has... <laughs> It's not like he's smart. He has access to information. He's in the Lexus Nexus machine. <laughs> Uh, so Mike Dessert was unable to watch Upstream com- Color again. I apologize for picking such was an unexpected. Unex- I know. <laughs> God damn! I'm the meta. only person who watched it. So well, <laughs> all right. Sorry, I even watched it. Assign but he said that he did. That's in pre-production. Yeah, <laughs> he did watch most of Primer. Very enjoyable, insane suspense at times. Uniquely terrifying. Okay, sorry, huge fan, long-time listener. Have a great week. Hey. Have a great week yourself. And he, you can wa- listen to him, or whatever, listen, read him on the Twitter, at Convincing Mike. And you can listen to him on the Twitter by reading those tweets out loud. To yourself, <laughs> not to us. And uh, he said that that is a Fraggle Rock reference. Nice. What's, the, what's the handle again? At Convincing Mike. Yeah, it's Convincing John. Well, I saw his convincing name is John. Mike. You know what it reminds yeah, me of? It's was, not a fucking uh, Fraggle Rock reference. It's, it a, is. it's a Mike reference. Asshole. Jesus Christ! It reminded me of presuming, <laughs> wow. presuming Ed it, from Withnull and I. Do you remember oh, presuming nice. Ed? Uh, no, what was that? Presuming Ed was was the the drug dealer's friend who comes to visit the oh, African American. He's just kind of laughing hysterically. Presuming Ed. This, this doll has voodoo property. We just watched that in Atlanta on the fishing trips. In Friday night, we got complete an honor of being on a road trip into country. We but the, the actor who passed away. And Richard Griffiths, yeah, rest Richard in Griffiths, peace, yeah, who's yeah. like stunning in the glue who holds oh, the movie God, together. So good, well, I've seen the movie 200 times, and we just yeah. have the a ball watching Did you watch it, it again? Oh, you watched we it We did, Friday night, right. yeah. That should like, be an annual thing. Weekend in the country getting smashed. Yeah. It felt right. And I was uh, happy to provide content, uh, you know, uh, to, to be able to send stuff along. It just seemed like a natural... Uh, a progression to hear a request for something and then be, be like, well, I, I can do that. Yeah. It makes it so, well, you know, and I was surprised. I, it's happened a handful of times since uh, where somebody has either sent in a clip or told me about a show. I always thought it would happen more. And it seems like the real audience for this show, although I'm certainly there are people that be, given the numbers we do have, Mm-hmm. There are people listening to it and getting ideas for shows to listen to. And I do hear from people like that, but I think it, it's always seemed like the people that communicate with us the most are people with their own soundcasts, oftentimes soundcasters that are either just getting started or they've been out there for a while and they're getting no traction or very little traction for their show. Mm-hmm. And so they are delighted to find out there's a place where they can actually try and, you know, get a little bit of listenership around what they're doing, a little appreciation for what they're doing. Because I think, I mean, one of the things we've sort of tacitly agreed to is, you know, when we play clips, it's because we're enjoying the shows we're finding. Mm -hmm. In the early days when I started doing this, and there actually weren't that many shows to clip from, I did play some clips from some pretty awful shows. And (laughs) And I would warn listeners, I said, okay, well, this is out there. So obviously someone likes it. 
I don't necessarily enjoy it, but maybe, right, right. maybe you will, because there are people listening to this show. So mm -hmm. you know, listen, that was in the very early days. And I certainly have, I don't do that anymore because, you know, it's funny because, you know, now that I have been reviewing shows for vulture.com and originally this week in comedy sound podcasts, it was always kind of the idea of those shows to always put a positive review, not a negative review. And so I kind of took a cue from that, but also the fact that I would find out about these shows to go listen to, I'd listen to it. And I go, I, I really don't like this, but I'd look at their numbers and I go, well, obviously they have big fans. You'd hear, you know, they'd have people writing in, they'd have people calling in and clearly they had an appreciation for what they were doing. I just wasn't part of it, but it doesn't matter though. Would like to point out the uh, mail sack theme at the beginning of that uh, clip is actually uh, I, I put that together uh, because I was still remixing oh. audio back then. Now I, I do oh, yeah. still re occasionally do that, but that was one of my early contributions to that particular soundcast or podcast, which they're I, calling it. So I don't think I knew that you were getting yourself kind of a little plug in there in a way. I mean, we were hearing from Tyson twice. It was a it was a twofer. Mm -hmm. Well, it was the nail sack segment. I, I very easily could have just cut out the song and uh, started <laughs> by saying, oh, this is from the mail portion of the show, the mail sack. But but they were enjoying listening to it at the yes. time still. And by the way, that was also the longer version of that song. The There is a shorter version of it now that they've been using for like, I don't know, six, six of their about oh. 11 years as well. They've been around for about okay. 11 years also. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that was, again, uh, totally, mm -hmm. totally tickled that... Um, that you had submitted and that uh you know as we'll talk about led to you getting on this show as uh, as the host for a few years all by yourself because of other reasons yeah anyway you have another clip for us i did uh so i decided to pick a clip from a show that I, it was our first time we co-hosted together it was uh mm -hmm. and um it's, I'm not sure why exactly i think it's because the first and the last one didn't have anything to do with me beyond uh, that I picked they were just like oh things I like about the show and I do remember that you would very rarely very very rarely I think only one time uh I would send you a clip and you're like I don't think I can use this and that really only happened once and I completely understand why and I, I I've described the show before I think it was called John Eats Carrots and and it was a podcast where a guy listens to other people's podcasts and slowly makes his way through a bag of mini carrots as he's watching it or listening to it <laughs> which I thought was a hilarious idea to send in. It wasn't really, it, now that I think about it, it seems like more of a prank, but <laughs> I thought that you might think it was as funny as I did to set up a clip, whether it's somebody else's podcast, tinny in the background with the sound of crunch, crunch, crunch over it for a few minutes, but that's okay. I, it, so what I, what, one of the ones I picked out was uh, I had just at this point in time, gotten into uh, watching videos of this interviewer, this music interviewer named Nardwar. Mm -hmm. Nardwar, the human serviette. Uh, <laughs> and uh, his, I loved his interview style. I think I actually mentioned it in the clip. And uh, I thought, this is an interesting vote. Because I mean, like, I, I know I knew I was going to bring something from Nardwar. I wasn't sure what it was going to be. And then by on a whim, I saw this guy's name, Yap Blanc. And it was a vocalist. And I thought, well, you know, Hey, if I don't get anything out of this, at least maybe it was an interesting listen because I like the guy's interview style. And then I listened to him like, well, I have to use something for this. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you were kind enough to play it for the show. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> <For> let's, our <laughs> episode. <laughs> let's let's hear it again. <laughs>
Well, first of all, he's talking to Jap Blanc. In oh, yeah, this? Yap, Yap Blanc. Yap, Yap Blanc. Yeah, Yap Blanc, who is a, uh, he, he is a vocalist. He does these interesting kind of sound poems with his voice. Um, well, yeah. All right. Well, let's, <laughs> let's hear what this sounds like. This is fantastic. And welcome to the Nordward Human Serviette Radio Show. Well, thank you, Nordward. Now, Yaplonk, what do you do? Can you please explain to the people, what do you do? Are you a beatboxer? No, I'm not a big beatboxer. I, I use the voice in, in many different ways. I make experimental texts, uh, sound poetry, uh, voice pieces, also with in combination with musicians, with electronics. And um, I think uh, I cannot be categorized in any style like, like beatboxing, beatboxing or um, um, so it's a wildly varying stuff I do, but um, mostly the voice is involved. Have you worked with any beatboxers at all? Because yeah, I have, but it's really hard. To, I, I found I tried to get them into more uh, free use of the voice and improvising, but they usually stick to their uh, bag of tricks, and that can be great and really virtuosic, but it's sort of still for me a bit of bit static. So you yeah, Blanc, you don't have a bag of tricks at all. Like hey, the hell, the hell are you? What are your bag oh, of tricks? Oh uh, well, yeah, but um, uh, my tricks uh, don't always uh, succeed, and they're more interesting sometimes when they fail. Like um, uh, especially people, especially kids, always ask me, um, "Can you imitate this or that animal or cartoon figure?" And then I tell them, "No, um, you know, I, uh, imitation is not so interesting." You get something that's already there. If you you can try to imitate, but if it fails and you get something else, it's more interesting because you get something that wasn't there already, wasn't there yet. So, um, well, I, I sometimes work off uh, imitations. I had this um, place in Amsterdam, in, in Holland, where I lived, where uh, the streetcar came by every five minutes uh, through a, a sharp uh, curve, and I heard this sound like a. <laughs> or so, so I got into imitating that, and um, I could cultivate that sound a little bit like uh, I got to... Uh <laughs> So it is to a sort of um, more, somewhat more refined high register. So sometimes imitation can be uh, fertile and uh, productive. And your mouth is quite awesome, I must say there, Yaplong. Like everything is done with your mouth, right? No computers. We weren't hearing any computers. Although you mentioned you have well, used when, computers while, while sometimes. I'm, while I'm sitting here, uh, yeah, live, I, I do everything with the mouth. But I use computers too and other, uh, um, other hardware gear. Because then you have even more uh, possibilities. Maybe you can play a, a, a little track uh, where um, where I have hooked up uh, some um, some gear and send my voice, send my through it. And we have a caller right now, even though we haven't given out the number. But call her. Are you there? Oh, well, 
That sounds like somebody pressing a button on a sampler and repeating a loop. How did that caller do? Did the caller do okay? How did the caller do? How is he doing? Yeah, how did he do on that noise there, what he created? Like, for instance, what did he do? You mentioned maybe using a sampler or just feedback listening uh, no, on the yeah, computer. Yeah, might, might be. It sounded like a loop re-recorded. And yeah. how do you do it? What is a cheek squeak? A cheek squeak. Well, I, uh, I have this um, uh, instrument, um, which I call the cheek synthesizer, which I developed over the years. And I can do uh, quite a quite, quite a lot with it. I'll um, to, uh, I'll have this show tonight at uh, 1067 East, and um, I will do um, a solo for the cheek synthesizer. But actually, you need two microphones for it uh, to play it in stereo. But a mono version, uh, some some excerpts would sound like. with a mono cheek squeak on the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show. All right, there's 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 Nardwar the the Human Serviette. Yeah, and you can find more of that if you care to at nardwar.com and that's N A R D W U A R. He didn't make it easy, did he? nardwar.com. So yeah, a serviette is a napkin. All right, I got to tell you when I, when I re-listened to this clip when you sent it in, I I was laughing my ass off because I'd forgotten all about this thing. Uh, I remember the guy's the 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 human serviette part of the guy's name, right? But, but his guest on this show is so bizarre, is so bizarre. <laughs> a lot of buildup in that clip too, where it's just like you're like, okay, so all right, so you're going to do a thing, and then he does the thing, and it, it's like, oh. Oh, well, this is very different than what I thought it might be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there's a lot of it in the actual episode. And it's, you know, oh. it's a very different things. So like, um, I don't know. It's oh a, gosh. so it's unique. The clip feels constructed like a joke as far as like, there's a lot of like setup, And then the payoff is his, uh, his exercises, his vocalisms. <laughs> I don't know what to, what to call them. But, I don't uh, know what, I don't know what they are either. <laughs> and, and complete professionalism and deadpan from from the interviewer as well like a complete sense of yeah this is normal yes, yes. which is the delightful cherry on top. We should, do you know whether he still has his podcast going i do not know um we should dig that up that would be interesting to find out nard war the human serviette there's a lot of, still a lot of great clips of him on youtube which is uh, some of the best stuff oh there might not have been an update since october 29th 2021 all right, and I wonder if his guest is still still around. Oh, yep, blank. Yep, yep, blank. He's sort of like the Michael Winslow kind of character. Oh, he's listed here as Dutch composer. Hmm. Upgraded. Um, Dutch avant-garde composer and performance artist. Blanc is primarily self-taught, both as a sound artist and as a visual slash stage performer. He studied physics, mathematics, and musicology for a time, but did not complete his studies. Hmm. 
there's from the Netherlands. Well, that was yeah. great. I'm glad you picked that one because again, it was uh, that was one of the more bizarre clips I can remember. I mean, we've had some bizarre ones, but that was super cool. Let's pause for a moment for a uh, unimportant message from our sponsor, as fictional as Henderson's pants is. Take it away, Bill Haywatt. Hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. Have you ever noticed that once someone gets to the age of 40, they seem to love all things nostalgic? They want to enjoy the comforts of their more stable adult lifestyle, but yearn for the chance to recapture the vigor and carefree nature of their youth, which is why Henderson's Pants has seized upon the past year's unfortunate streak of airline disasters to launch their newest old product, Henderson's Parachute Pants. 2.0. In the 1980s, teenagers got up every morning and pulled on a pair of ripstop nylon pants with more zippers than any garment should ever have. But these pants were all bark and no bite, except around the delicate chafing areas. Not so for Henderson's Parachute Pants 2.0. Unlike those earlier versions, these modern upgrades have an actual parachute sewn into each and every pair. No more fretting over falling to a fiery death inside the fractured hull of some discount foreign airline that can't seem to remember to charge the batteries in their black boxes. Now, if the airliner you're aboard finds itself in distress, simply kick your way clear to an exit door, bash that sucker open, and step with confidence out into the wild blue yonder. Now. When you reach the optimum altitude during your free fall, the built-in altimeter warning in your pants will sound, Caution. Caution. which is your cue to unzip, reach in, and yank your ripcord. You'll then float to earth just as smooth as the silk that just deployed out of your rear end. Originally designed for Chuck Yeager, Evil Knievel, and the White Knucklers Flying Club, Henderson's Parachute Pants 2.0 are available from the same machines at the airport where you can buy flight insurance. That's Henderson's, makers of fine outer garments for your lower extremities since 1834. And now back to Suckatash. All right, well, still no check from, uh, from Old Man Henderson. For running those spots. I don't think we'll ever see a dime, quite frankly, from Henderson's pants. Now that we have entered our 11th year, I'm going to make this pledge to you, Tyson Saner. Oh. I, I am going to actively try and find us a goddamn sponsor. I, I, I appreciate the thought. So, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. We'll I see actually what, uh... we'll see what happens. Shall we get back into, I think we've got two more, two more clips to play. I've sure. got one, you've got I've... one. I am going to play a clip from July 20th, 2018, so fairly recent, four years ago, episode 173. And, uh, you know, I was when I went back and I saw, you know, we've had a, a number of people. I've interviewed a lot of people. You've had interviews. Uh, we've had some fairly big name guests. And I said, well, I could play a clip from Dana Carvey or, you know, any of these people that have been on, Wayne <laughs> Fetterman or whatnot. And I said, you know what? I... No, I don't think so. Let people go back and find those clips. Go ahead and listen to those interviews if you want to. Uh, this is a clip from one of the episodes that you were hosting. And oh, yes. For, for anyone who is uh, a recent devotee of this soundcast, uh, you may not be aware that I stepped away from the host chair for 
about three years, I think, something like that, two or three, somewhere two and a half, three years, somewhere in there. Somewhere in 2018, I think. I think so. 2018. Well, 2018, 2019, I stepped back in once the pandemic kind of hit. Yeah, we in like, yeah, in uh, we started Succotash shut in around March or April of 2020, I believe. April, yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, so that was, that was two years ago. <laughs> yes. Well, that was, and that was another anniversary. I think that we started that because we were actually, we were actually going to go down. Mm-hmm. We were going on hiatus and I had every intention of turning off the lights and shutting the show down. Right. And then the pandemic set in and we said, why are we shutting this down now of all times? Let's make it even more so. So we started doing weekly shows as opposed to two weeks or three weeks between episodes. But for that period of time where uh, I had said, you know, I had other things going on. I was very busy at work. I was trying to write a book, all these different things going on. And I asked you if you would uh, like to step up and take the reins to host the show. And I just sort of be executive producer. And by the way, you know, mm. you, you hear at the end of the show, I am executive producer of the show. What that mm. means is I actually go to the Libsyn website and upload the show. Mm-hmm. and put the blog post together that makes me the executive producer <laughs> well so you created the show so i mean it's your you I should did. have the, you I should did, have the executive still, producer credit true but it sounds so much more uh, impressive executive producer than the actual position and qualifications would be i always like the sound of associate producer that's right we made you after you'd been submit for a while you were honorary associate producer that's right that's right yeah and then uh offered you the position of associate coveted position of associate producer that's right it was made it was made official in that episode that that we clipped yap blanc from that's right or for for and from yes (laughs) um but you took over hosting for a period of time and the exception was when your son was born Mm -hmm. And uh, you needed to take some Papa time off, uh, which I thought was pretty decent of you to decide you're going to take an active role in <laughs> raising your infant son. <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Yeah. How old yeah, is he, How old is your son now? He is a little over three now. Wow. He turned three in, at the end of January. Wow. So his, his birthday comes a month before mine. So, well, <laughs> a month and forty four years later. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Some, something. So yeah. So I, I stepped into sub for you for a, a few, a couple of months there. Um, but this clip comes from that show, July 20th, where you interview Hunter block. Oh yes. Hunter block is also probably, probably just next to you. The longest time listener to this show. I think that's, that's uh, probably true. Certainly vying for that. I, him, there's Davian Dent. Mm-hmm. There's Jabs, our friend Jabs from Canberra, Australia. The D-Head Factor? The D-Head Factor. Uh, mm-hmm. Another longtime friend, listener, associate of the show. But uh, definitely Hunter is one of our biggest supporters and always has been and has been a friend of yours even before either of you were listening to the show, I believe. That's true. And uh, so in this clip, uh, you're actually having a, uh, you invited him on to talk about the show uh talk about a lot of things but uh, in here we talk about sort of how he got into listening to succotash and um let's just let the clip speak for itself now the moment we've all been waiting for my interview with my friend and co-host of anti-social show hunter block 
So, Hunter Block, welcome to Succotash. You know, actually, it feels great to be here, um, if I may say. Thank you for... Yeah, I always always wanted to be on Succotash. It's, uh, ever since I started listening to Succotash, I'm like, God, when can I come on? And that's a, that's a legitimate thing. I always wanted to be on the show. I've always been a, uh, a major uh, fan of uh, Succotash, and uh, I got my Succotash uh, t-shirt, which is pretty cool. So oh, Yeah, that's right. There is a picture of you uh, in that t-shirt on uh, one of the episode um, yes. descriptions. I'm not sure which one it is. Let me check that real quick here. Episode 165, Snipping Like a Maniac. As yes. You, as you in the main thing, it says, Friend of Succotash, Hunter Block Sports' new tee. And it looks like you're standing next to a, well, I'm sure it's supposed to look like a mantelpiece, but it looks kind of like a desk with some candles on it. And then there's a, it looks like a painting, perhaps, above that? Uh, Yeah, let me bring up the, uh, I have the picture on Instagram. Let me pull it up real quick so I can look at what, okay, so basically what that is, it's a, um, it's, it's a picture um and uh, you're right it's a uh, kind of like a can like a weird looking candle holder and cool. what i'm leaning against is a uh bookshelf like a like a like a it's supposed to be like an antique looking bookshelf ah okay nice well it is i it does yep. it, it, it's a uh, it's a nice uh color everything there in the room thank you very nice shades of brown and yellow um what is that painting or picture that what is that image that is above it i think that's a person um it looks kind of like that Jack was th- this <laughs> Kind of. It, it might be. I mean, or perhaps uh, down, this this picture, <laughs> this picture was taken downstairs in my living room. So I would actually have to go down there and and look at the painting itself because I haven't looked at that painting in quite some time. <laughs> so it is in fact a painting. Uh, yes. Okay. Yep. yep. I was wondering because uh, yep. you know, it looks like uh, it could be a photograph, but then the more I I, I I stare at it, there's no definition in the face, and I don't think the pixel depth is bad because it looks like a high resolution photograph. Anyway, uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's uh, you on there because of now. How did you end up in that picture? Uh, actually, uh, like what? Uh, I because I don't actually pick the images for the show. Mark does. So um, was it an exchange of t-shirts or something, or was it because you had the t-shirt? Like what happened there? Um. Yeah. It was. Uh, it what was uh, an exchange. Mean, <laughs> sorry. What's the story? Basically. Sorry. Uh. So basically, I wanted to get my hands on a um a Succotash t-shirt that I can rock it around and 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 wear it because I I, I love Succotash as I said. Um, so me and Mark had decided to do a t-shirt for a t-shirt. So I gave him, uh, an anti-social show shirt and he gave me a, uh, Succotash shirt. And I, did he ask me for a picture or did I just do that on my own? I forget now because that was months ago, but mm-hmm. either way that that's how that came about. It all kind of blurs together after a while, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Every, everything like time kind of like blurs one day is kind of like the same, you know, different days are kind of like the same day, you know, like a Monday and a Tuesday are kind of like together, you know, it collapses a bit. Yeah, it does. It's like uh, Synecdoche, New York. So I have a question. Uh, how, how, how are you introduced to the podcast or the soundcast as, as we call it here on Succotash? Uh, how are you introduced to it as a form of entertainment? Oh, wow. Uh, okay. So this is going back to, uh, 2011, 2012 when I met you. Oh, um, okay. yeah, at that point in time, I had no idea that sound, uh, sound casting or podcasting even existed in those days, really? like had no knowledge of it. Oh. Yeah, really. Because I mean, I don't know if it was like highly, uh, popular back then as it is now, like now you can walk up to ba- basically anyone on the street and say, Hey man, like, do you know what a podcast is? And 
usually, I mean, nine, nine out of 10 people will say, yeah, I know what a podcast is and they either listen to it or they don't listen to a podcast or, but you always get that 1% that that's doesn't even know what a podcast is, you know? Uh, I mean, I, so I don't want to take issue with your numbers, but I, I'd say it's uh, I'd say it's a higher percentage of people that don't know what a podcast is still, but certainly much more than they did before. Uh, you you know, you're right. There was a lot of blank stares when you say podcast, people don't, didn't know what that was just right. just six years ago. So there, Hunter. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate the constant support that you give the show. What's up, my people? Hunter here, and I want to wish Suckatash Comedy Soundcast Soundcast a very big, awesome tenth anniversary. This show is jam packed, filled with awesomeness from different audio clips, from interviews. This show has something literally for everybody. Tyson Saner, Mark Hershon, the coolest cats on the planet. Thank you for making me a part of this special occasion. Guys, happy 10th anniversary. And everyone out there in Soundcast land, come check these guys out. Let's continue to pass that succotash. Be healthy, be safe. Peace. I think it would only be dutiful for us to mention that you and Hunter have a, your own show. Aside this is true. From this show, uh, Antisocial Show. Anti-social show. Yes. Three words. The acronym is ass. It, <laughs> it took me a while to realize it wasn't the anti-social show, but just simply anti-social show. Just, yeah, anti-social show, which is not obviously anti by itself. I don't think it's a, a, you know, a proper word. I don't know. Maybe it is now. It's hard to say. And if it is now, it certainly wouldn't be because of us. But <laughs> we did a couple of live episodes recently, uh, and uh, I wasn't sure what to call it. I'm Right now, I'm referring it to as live, just live somethings. So it's A-S-S-L-S. Uh, <laughs> But I did toy around with the idea of it saying anti-social show has occasional live episodes as an acronym. <laughs> In that clip, uh, there's a lot of mention of T-shirts. And uh, oh, yes, actually, you know, the, the Succotash T-shirts, they're still up on the Cafe Press site where I put them. But we haven't really? talked about them in so long and there's not any new design. So I think for our 11th year, I think I will design a new T-shirt. And uh, we'll try and sell some of that as merch and coffee cups and stuff. Cool. Uh, I'll send you whatever we end up making anything of. If it's a t-shirt, you'll get a t-shirt, coffee cup, maybe one for you and the, you and your son, your wife. Hey, you know, I'll dip into the, uh, the uh, spare change that we have here in the coffers. And uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. I'll be sure to support it in, uh, in some pics, some Fantastic. pictures occasionally. Fantastic. I wear my antisocial show uh, shirt often uh, for mostly for my gaming videos, which I also do. I do gaming videos nowadays. That's right. Well. That's yeah, right. For... Tyson, Tyson Saner Gamer. Mm -hmm. I just, and again, I just thought that Saner and Gamer sound terrible together. <laughs> just, just off enough. Yeah. So we're great. I just, you know, get it's, I'm going for the, the thing that scrapes at you. So you'd be like, what is that scraping? Which is <laughs> at least noticeable. What, what do you have for us for a, uh, a final clip. Well, I, you know, so Mr. Carvey was the first, your first guest. Yes. And you've known him a long time. And I uh, wanted to pick an episode with him. So I chose, there was a live episode. It was actually, uh, it was episode 128, Living It Up at the Improv. Oh, yeah. When you did the live show with Joe and Bill and yourself and Wayne Fetterman also came along and Dana Carvey brought along his two sons, Dex and Tom, Dex and Tom. And 
you know, as a person who was a child, you know, uh, learning some of my earliest impressions from Dana Carvey impressions, like his his Johnny Carson was mm. probably my foundational Johnny Carson is because he breaks things down into a specific, you know, musicality and language, yes. you know, it made me look at impressions uh, in a specific way. And uh, anyway, so so having my, myself also having a, a child now and seeing that he's interested in some of the things I'm interested in, just because they're what's there. Uh, I thought it was very nice that his sons are going, you know, and are doing performance in yeah. various types and comedy and getting to hear them give a little bit of the stuff they've been working on to me is a really nice, a nice thing. So I, I decided to be cool to include that. I, I will update you to what they're up to as far as I know after we listen to the clip. What was your first bit you guys ever did that you remember? Your first bit that you thought of and did on stage? Oh, man. You go first. I don't even remember. Or the one fir- of your first ones. The first <laughs> have in the top very, ten. Yeah. The first bit I ever did. I I think it, it might was, have been the the donut one, right? Was it the, confused? The donut. Yeah. Well, the, I did that in the car with you at yeah. In and Out when you were mad at me. I wasn't mad at you. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> was I mad? At you? you were mad at me. <laughs> what happened? You heard it here first. I could. <laughs> we were in the In and Out parking lot. <laughs> And you were mad because I was like smoking too much weed at the time. I was like 16, so you're all mad at me. You're like, <laughs> a little too much information. Oh, whatever. I was, like, I was, is I was here. in high school, but anyway, you were kind of like mad at me. You didn't get the weed from me, did you? <laughs> <laughs> so you're mad. So, so he's in the car. I'm just saying what I saw. And um, so he was mad. Uh, so he goes, uh, he was like, What are you going to do with your life, son? And, I, and then I just went. Well, I guess I'm going to open up a donut shop that sells weed. And I think I'm going to call it Glazed and Confused. And then I slammed the door and got a burger. Well, what was his great exit the most line. crushing yeah. bit now? That, what that was bit funny always crushing is that I took that bit from Tom and told it from my point of view and did it on stage for a while. And it was like a closer for me. But then, then I found out that Tom was doing stand-up, so I had to give him back the bit. And even now, it's not, I don't even tell Tom. Sometimes I'm on a shitty corporate date. I'll use it. <laughs> and then I just do a little prayer in my room that night, you know, before I go to sleep. So that's Forgive really, me for taking my son's. That's bit. not really comedy thievery. That's just sort of like comedy on loan. It's just you're just kind of well, borrowing. It, it, the it. bit exists in the air, and uh, I, we, he thought of it, but I heard it, so I <laughs> I can tell it as someone who heard it, and now he tells it. From my dad asked me, so we we share a lot of our. Now, bit. Dex, do you have a version where you get to share that bit at all, or is that I have not yet to do that? It's out bit, of your wheelhouse, would, yeah. yeah, out of my wheelhouse a little bit, but I would like to do it one time. Do it always works. Do, uh, Dex Dex is a really good conceptual person. Do the one that's uh, about the vape cigarettes. Oh, the e-cigarettes? Okay, this is a fledgling bit, so oh, we guys can workshop. Well, anyway, so I'm trying to quit smoking, right? So, like, I like switched over to e-cigarettes, and we are we are you all familiar with e-cigarettes, like vaping, whatever. So they're saying like that, that like the the, the juices, the flavors target children, and I think that's ridiculous. But mind you, I am vaping a marshmallow chocolate super soaker surprise, and it is uh, <laughs> so good. It's like a strawberry, and uh, there's this other flavor called uh, Santa is Real. It's uh, just incredibly good, and uh, so that's all, that's all I got Great. right now. I need a third little button. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Uh, uh, can I actually ask something just for, uh, I just love this. It's um, a good way to two, try bits. Two yeah. impressions that I'd like to hear is just Christoph Waltz. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and like also, uh, and then Obama believing he can speak Arabic. Those are the two that I want <laughs> oh, to hear. Too. Well, Mr. Bond, as you can see, you're in a very terrible situation. 
<laughs> we think we were last night. We were so punchy in the car. We had a thing that because doing open mics in LA is so torturous. That Christopher Walks would actually that would be his torture for James Bond. <laughs> Mr. Bond, you will enter the comedy store and not be able to leave it for a period of ten years. <laughs> where you will do open mics to other bitter comics. <laughs> I suggest by the end of the ten year period you will be quite insane, Mr. Bond. <laughs> he can't get out. Uh, we had a thing about Obama, like uh, uh, Mr. President, the interpreter's coming. Don't eat him. I, I got our brick. I'm a fast study. Let me hear what he's got to say. That's right. Yep. Steph Curry, good player. <laughs> yep. They share the ball. Share the ball. Tremont Green owns the paint. No, I know. Harrison Barnes, they should keep him. I don't want to look at him. Deal him for Durant, but I think that would be a bad shot. Well, now you've lost me. I don't, I don't give a damn. Excellent. Excellent. Tom, do you want to do your Christmas card riff? The Christmas card riff? That's my favorite kind of new Okay, well, okay. You can so, tell it as a bit you're doing. Yeah, no, it's like a bit I'm doing. Basically, it's about, like, Christmas cards, like... They always, like, you get to see, like, an image into a family's lives, and you get to see the evolution of the family over the years, and they always <laughs> seem to evolve into darkness. Like, the yep. first, like, one you'd get, the kids are, like, you know, five and six, and they have Christmas hats and milk mustaches, and it says, got Christmas, and it's beautiful. And, and, then, and this makes me feel happy. And then, like, a couple years later, you get another one, and the kids are, like, Nine and ten, and you could just tell they don't really want to be there. <laughs> and they're with the dog, and the parents have tight smiles, whatever. And then, tight yeah, <laughs> tight apple cheek smiles. And then, uh, <laughs> like, the, yeah, and then uh, you skip forward a couple more years, and the kids are like 13 and 14, and one of the kids has gone goth. And he's like off to the side, like his nails are painted and the black hair. And then the other kid is like 300 pounds. And they've like hidden his head behind the Christmas tree. It was just his face. And then you go forward a couple more years and it's just the dog. Oh, that's fantastic. Let's, um... See, these guys are telling I know, funny right? Pitch. Exactly. Uh, uh, this is a great way to try material. <laughs> I think so. Because you're doing it in a way where it's not really doing stand-up, so, but it's... Yeah. I remember... <laughs> not only do I remember that show, which was a lot of fun to do, we were at the... There's like a this little lab space next to the improv. Um, they used <laughs> to do little HBO shows in there, and now it's the improv lab, or I forget what they call the space. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a kind of cool little intimate space. We had a good show. Dana was very kind to show up and Wayne Fetterman just jumped at the chance to just kind of, I mean, I like him anyway, and he likes me, but he loves Dana. So he showed up, which was terrific. And Dana liked the experience so much that we actually, a few months later, did a pilot for uh, a Dana part, a Dana Carvey podcast. It was going to be Dana and his two sons. Oh, and I was the announcer. And we were set up in that space and it's really dark around the stage. And Dana took this massive header just as we were getting started and really, <sighs> really dinged himself up. Um, and I think he talked about the last time he was on the show here, cause we brought it up. I think so. Um, but uh, it just got, we got through the thing, but it just wasn't a pleasure. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't the experience he'd had when we did Succotash there. Let's just put it that way. 
And so that pilot kind of never saw the light of day. Um, and then later on, he several, a couple of years later came out with fantastic, which is his, his podcast that he does, um, where he has a, a co-host and guests on fantastic, fantastic. Um, well, before we get out of here, and I guess we can talk about what's in store for uh, our 11th year. I don't know that we have anything particular in store other than what we've been doing. Uh, you and I have talked several times about trying to roll out a separate show in this feed, mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. perhaps a, an improv-based show. And if the, uh, if the fates of free time are with us, maybe we'll actually get a chance to work on something like that. Okay. Great. But in the meantime, we'll just keep bringing people clips from soundcasts across the web. Um, all right. Let me do uh, a quick run on uh, the tweet sack, some names from the tweet sack from the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, so if, uh, if you were uh, decent enough to leave uh, at Succotash show, our social handle in either your Twitter or uh, Instagram posts in the last week or two, uh, or if you mentioned us on Facebook or anywhere else we might have seen you mentioning us, then the chances are I will be mentioning you right now in this segment as we open the tweet sack. Hello, Tweety. You want to say hi to Tweety? Hi Hello, to Tweety. Tweety. There you go. You it's nice to see you before. Yeah. That's true. All right, here we go. The Legal Geeks, the Jock Doc Podcast, Courtney Kingsman, that Andy G, 929. I shake my head with Lisa and Sam. Chris Kelly. Hunter Block. Multiverse of Badness. The Dinosaur Hunter. Martin Olson. My guest in the last episode. Outside Longbox. The Salty Language Pod. Married, Crazy, and Podcasting. Misfit Scully. He's a big fan of Tyson's. Dr. Collision, Andy Kindler, Mount Rushmore Podcast, Fabian hmm. Dent, Matt Knudsen, Tolkien Talk, Maddie Kelly, Kelly and Kelly, lots of Kellys. And finally, L. Hummingbird. Hummingbird. L. Hummingbird. So that's uh, that's the tweet sack for now. Uh, again, if you want to throw at Succotash Show in your socials, we'll try and keep an eye out for it. And if we see you, we'll say you. And uh, you'll appear right in this uh, segment when, when I come back next time. Um, all right, Tyson Sainer, uh, thank mm. you very much for, uh, for uh, joining me for this 300th episode of Succotash, the comedy soundcast soundcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you for creating the show. Thank you for letting me be a part of it all these years. Absolutely. And uh, thanks to Joe Polino, our engineer and producer. Uh, thanks to Bill Haywatt, our booth announcer, who will be here in a moment to say goodbye to you all. Thanks to Kenny Durgis, uh, our um, fictitious booth assistant. And, uh, oh, Scott Carvey, of course, uh, mm -hmm. who uh, created the theme to the show. Um, and I think that's everybody we have to thank. Bill, Bill thanks everybody else later on anyway. I will be back for episode 301. You're going to be back uh, with 302. And then we'll just keep doing that until they finally take us out and say, we've had enough of this nonsense you do. All right, Tyson, thanks very much. Thank uh, you. And we'll see you soon. Take care. You've been listening to Sakatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast 
with your host, Mark Hershaw. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Suckatash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.